With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. As always, I'm Bryson Carver. We've got a fun show on tap for you guys tonight. NBA free agency ran wild over the weekend. Tons of deals. I cannot believe. Let me just put this on the record. I cannot believe some of the guys, they got the deals that they got. Uh, one in particular in Houston, and it's not Fred Van Bleet. Well, you know, maybe I'll touch on that later in the show, maybe if I feel like it depends. But we do have a loaded show on tap. Obviously, going to lead off with Damian Lillard in just a moment. He has finally, thank you, merciful God, finally asked out of Portland uh, after the Blazers did what I think most of us expected them to do in free agency, and that's, aside from, aside from Jeremy Grant, not a whole lot. I'll get into that to start the show. Also, Kyrie Irving. Resigns in Dallas. I don't think he had a choice. I don't think the Mavs had a choice, but I'll tell you who could have a choice soon, and that's Luka Doncic in terms of whether or not he wants to stay with the franchise long-term. I'll get into that. End of the show, our only NFL topic of the day, ESPN came out with their top. They ranked all 32 rosters in the NFL, and there was one in particular. There was a couple that were puzzling, but there was one in particular I was like, huh? In terms of where they were ranked, get to that later in the show as well as uh, the, my, my grade for the Suns free agency and the Lakers free agency. Both teams very, very active. Obviously, teams that are looking to contend in the Western Conference. I'll get to those two later on today's show. But first, it finally happened. After two years on Carving It Up Live of me all but begging Damian Lillard to leave Portland and the Trailblazers franchise, it appears he finally listened to me. Well, maybe not to me, but certainly to what the Portland Trailblazers were doing in terms of how they were re reshaping their franchise, reshaping their roster, reshaping what they what they viewed the future to look like. Obviously, they took Scoot Henderson, third overall pick in the draft. They have two other young players who I really like in Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp. They did keep Jeremy Grant in free agency on a big-time deal. I'm even reading, reading reports that now that Dame is going to leave, they may look to move Jeremy Grant as well. I don't think that contract is exactly the most appealing in the NBA, but we'll see what happens in terms of that, whether he stays or whether he goes. But the point is, Damian Lillard has asked out of Portland. The news broke Saturday morning. Uh, there was only so much information we could get uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Elon Musk, but I'll, uh, I'll save my, my bitterness uh, for that, well, until Elon does something else to screw up Twitter. Point being... 
reports from Sham Sharania and from Adrian Wojnarowski and Chris Haynes, and Chris Haynes knows uh, knows Lillard very well. He wants to go to Miami. Now, we had heard rumblings of this, even from Dame himself, from Jimmy Butler as well, who's currently the man on the Miami Heat, that Dame, remember, remember Damian Lillard was uh, uh, it was on IG Live, and he, he shows, like, it, it appears he's kind of sent some messages on IG Live in terms of uh, certain quotes he's thrown out there. You know, Dame's a smart player. Dame knows how this business works. He's been around a while. You know, a little hints for Portland, like, hey, like, let's, let, let's get this thing rolling, or I'm out of here. And finally, he did ask out. But remember, he was on day, uh, on IG Live, and he had, I think, Will Smith's Welcome to Miami playing in the background. And then Jimmy Butler went on his IG stories and uh, screenshot a picture of him listening to one of Dame's rap songs. It's like, okay, there's a little bit of, little bit of public free agent slash trade flirtation going on, right, between two of the 12 best players in the NBA who obviously want to team up now in Miami. Now, early reports, and I'll get to the other team that in a second that I think would be a tremendous fit for Damian Lillard in terms of at least contending teams, which I'm sure, I'm sure is exactly what Dame wants to do. He wants to contend for an NBA title, or multiple NBA titles, rather. Reportedly, Miami will have to, will have to pull off a three-team deal. Now, other reports have said Brooklyn is a potential destination for Tyler Hero. And as we know, when there's smoke, there's fire, certainly in these NBA trade discussions. So could we see a potential move involving the Nets, Heat, and Blazers? Tyler Hero even himself responded yesterday morning by putting uh, on his on his Twitter handle, he removed Miami Heat guard from his, from his bio on his Twitter account. So Tyler Hero, listen, you know, he probably knows something that we don't in that regard, or maybe that we do, because obviously the reports have said that the Nets want Tyler Hero. Or he could be a potential, uh, you know, big asset in a Damian Lillard trade. Bottom line is this. Jimmy's obviously untouchable. Bam Adebayo's untouchable. Everybody else, it doesn't matter. Now, you say, well, what about Miami's bench? What about Miami defensively? Why wouldn't you give up a Bam Adebayo? Well, that's the whole point of doing the three-team trade, so that you don't have to give up your superstars. It's the very reason, while I disagreed with them making the deal, it's the very reason the Phoenix Suns did the deal that they did uh, for, for Bradley Beal, although that was just a two-team trade, now that I think about it with the Washington Wizards. But teams in the past have done three-team deals. The Harden deal, I think, might have been a four-team deal back in 2021 when he went to the Brooklyn Nets. We get how this thing goes. You have to keep Bam out of bio. There's no You have to keep, because if you lose Bam, who, who, who's who's your big man? Who's in your front court? By the way, I was on BAM uh, for having a rough Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Celtics. Was really worried about him. I thought he could potentially be a liability against the likes of the Joker. Joker got whatever he wanted, but again, he, Joker gets whatever he wants against any center in all of basketball. BAM actually had a pretty good Finals. He was, you can argue, more consistent, certainly on the defensive end, arguably on the offensive end, as his teammate and his running mate Jimmy Butler was. What Damian Lillard would provide to the Miami Heat is a guy who can play off ball, is a threat, obviously, to shoot the basketball from distance. If, if Jimmy Butler you know, wants to you know, drive and kick, you know, Jimmy's very, very aggressive, is one of the better guard scorers in the paint, um, and is one of the better distributors in the NBA. I mean, his assist numbers were around six or seven in the playoffs, so he can get others involved. Miami is not a team short on three-point shooters, as we saw throughout these playoffs. They were the first or second, second best team uh, in three-point shooting in the postseason. And more importantly, I would argue, you notice with Jimmy, 
And this is not to to absolve blame from Jimmy for not playing his best in the NBA Finals. But did you notice? I don't think I still have the graphic. Uh, yeah, it didn't look like it. But I had the graphic with Jimmy Butler after the Finals were over about his his points per game, his shooting percentage, all that from the first round, second round, conference finals, NBA Finals. And it almost it dropped almost every single round in terms of efficiency, in terms of points per game. Now, his assist numbers would go up because, you know, he's trying to get everybody else involved. But Jimmy was gassed by the time the NBA Finals rolled around because he was Miami's only reliable scorer uh, on, a, on a consistent basis. Well, now Damian Lillard gives them that, that second gear. And I would argue Dame is probably the Heat's best player at this point. While I love Jimmy, I think Dame's ceiling is higher than Jimmy's ceiling. I think Dame's, now we talk about, you know, Jimmy's playoff history. It's fantastic. He's one of the best playoff performers that we have in the NBA. Probably top five, you could argue. Uh, Damian Lillard, as I've religiously stated, has not one but two series-ending buzzer beaters to to end a playoff series. Only Michael Jordan can say that. He got a Portland team that really had no business being in the Western Conference Finals to that point. All the reasons he's never gotten to an NBA Finals is because uh, you had the Warriors, and then that one year, you had the Lakers back in 2020 in the bubble. It's the only reason Dame's never gotten to the ultimate stage with Portland. The second team that I think, think makes all the sense in the world is the Philadelphia 76ers. If, if there has ever been a team in a position where, and I, I talked about this with Philly, like it felt like they were kind of stuck like, I talked about Phoenix, and I've been critical uh, of their offseason more on the Phoenix Suns later in the show. But I, I talked about when the Phoenix Suns uh, season ended, I'm like, hey, you build a team, you move CP3, he doesn't fit what you want to do right now. You build the team around KD and Book. You get them adequate role players, you get them a younger point guard, you do whatever you got to do. And Phoenix actually has made some solid moves, uh, you know, in this offseason, again, more than later in the show. Golden State. They got to get bigger, they got to get longer, and they got to move some of the young, their young players, which they have done. You know, teams like Boston, they and I, they still haven't really addressed this, they need a point guard. Philadelphia, I'm like, I'm not really sure what they do. You got Embiid, who's spectacular, who is the MVP of the league, who's a top 10 player in all of basketball, but year after year, he, can, he continuously, continuously, Comes up small, particularly in the second round. Again, he is yet, I believe he's the only MVP in NBA history to have never at any point made a conference finals. His running mate is James Harden, who we know at this stage might as well be a third option. I get he's a 20 and 10 guy, but his postseason resume, or lack thereof, speaks for itself. As bad as Embiid's is, it pales in comparison to Harden, who's aging, who's not as efficient of a scorer, and who's a liability defensively. Now, Dame isn't exactly a defensive stopper, but, oh my goodness, if you're Philadelphia, you're like, we have an opportunity now. We have an opportunity to get a true, consistent scoring guard, scoring superstar guard, and, you know, if we're being honest, in a potential three-team deal. I could see a team like maybe the Clippers getting involved. Is Norman Powell uh, or Robert Cummington, are they, you know, proposed in a potential uh, trade? Are there, is there any sign-in trades involved in this? And the Clippers, maybe the Clippers get Harden, uh, Philadelphia gets Dame, and the Clippers get like a P.J. Tucker, maybe they get Tobias Harris back. A deal like that puts Philly back in that conversation where we look at them as an Eastern Conference contender. Now, where would Miami be? Should they make this Dame trade? I think they're the favorites in the Eastern Conference. We know about Miami. Jimmy is going to be Jimmy in the playoffs, which is always good, usually good at least. Bama DeBio is one of the better two-way bigs in the NBA. 
Dame is one of the best scorers and postseason performers in the league. And what we know about Eric Spolster, what we know about Pat Riley, is that when you go to Miami, we know we know who you are when you go there. They are going to get the absolute, they're going to squeeze every little drop out of this orange or whatever fruit that comes to mind out of whatever type of player you are. If Duncan Robinson went to the Detroit Pistons, do you think he's making what he's making with the Miami Heat? Going to go out on the limb and say probably not. Miami gets the most out of their role players, and now they have Dane's their best player, Jimmy's their two, which is scary at that point, given what Jimmy's been doing in the playoffs, and Bam's your three. That is a title contender, and that is a title favorite in the Eastern Conference. Now, Milwaukee will be back. Milwaukee's made some moves. They brought back Chris Middleton, broke my heart by bringing back Brooke Lopez. They actually added his brother, Robin Lopez, the other day, or today. Boston will be back. Again, we'll see what they do at the point guard position. Again, they're, they're kind of running out of options at this point. Do, do they make a deal for James Harden? Doubt it because them and the 76ers uh, are, are at odds quite often. But I'm happy for Dame. By the way, I'm happy for Portland. Now Portland, again, I, I, I've said all offseason, for Dame and for the Blazers, it made all the sense in the world to make this move. It's not like LeBron and Cleveland where it's like, Bron, get out of there. Like, Go to a team you can contend. And, and then for Cleveland, it's like, oh, shoot, if he leaves, we're screwed. Like, we, we got no assets, no young players, draft picks, sure, but they're kids who probably won't pan out into anything near what LeBron was. Very different in Portland, where the Blazers have some really talented young players. By the way, a young developmental coach in Chauncey Billups and the most coveted asset in all of basketball. Who wouldn't want to be, in his prime, by the way, who wouldn't want to be in the Portland Trailblazers situation? And then for Dame, for the first time in his career, he will get to, we assume, if it is a Miami Heat, which seems most likely, or, and I, if I'm Philly, man, I am pushing hard to make this deal, because if you don't, then where does Philly go? Well, you probably move Harden, although Wendy came out today on ESPN and saying like, hey, you know, Harden isn't, it's not a done deal that Harden's going to be out of Philly. But let's just say for the sake of argument, he is. Now you got Embiid, who's going to score a lot of points, you know, probably be in the MVP discussion again. And if you get bounced the first or second round, he probably wants out. And then Philadelphia is really screwed. So I'd be making, I'd be pushing hard to make a deal done if I'm Daryl Morley and the 76ers. And then for Miami, obviously, if Dane goes there, he's absolutely a title. Con- he joins a title contender, and the Heat are 100%, in my view, the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference. Uh, let's see. We got a comment here from Barry Grant Jr. Barry says both sides have handled this poorly, especially Dane. Yeah, I, I don't get from Dame why why he didn't do this earlier. Especially, Portland could have potentially gotten a better deal pre-draft. Because again, we didn't know going in the draft, was, was Charlotte going to take Brandon Miller? Are they going to take Scoot Henderson? Again, but I'm a bigger Scoot guy. I don't think Scoot's going to necessarily like take the Blazers to the promised land or anything, but I think he's going to be a multi-time All-Star. By the way, I think Brandon Miller's got good upside as well. Point being... Nobody knew who Charlotte was going to go with at number two after Wimby went one to the Spurs. So, and then for Dame, again, uh, I remember talking last week. Remember when Joe Cronin, the general manager of the Blazers, came out with a statement after he, it was just a week ago, actually, a week ago today, after the Blazers front office and Dame and his reps met with Portland. And Joe Cronin came out and said something along the lines of, we're committed to building a winner around Dame. And I came out on Thursday's show. I said, this does not necessarily mean Dame is coming back. It doesn't. And Dame, in my view, and I said this on Friday's show, it looked like he was looking for reasons to stay in Portland. 
He's like, hey, if we bring Jeremy Grant back, if we sign Draymond Green, who met with Dame last week, obviously he re-signed with my Warriors four years, 100 mil, but let's go Draymond. Uh, but, you know, if we make a Zion Williamson deal, maybe even if all of that happened, I still don't see the Blazers as contenders. I don't know. It's going to be, uh, by the way, uh, we got a quick little report here. Uh, according to uh, Aaron Fentress, uh, who who's a reporter in in Portland, he says that trade talks between the Heat and Blazers could last weeks. Okay, that like that just came in like literally thirty seconds ago. So that's that's really interesting. Could last weeks. Okay, so there you go. Let's see another comment here. My man Patrick Brown's the comments. He says Philly isn't going to give up Tyrese Maxey in any Dame deal. That's the deal breaker of it all. Listen, yeah, I keep I'd keep Maxi if I'm if I'm Philadelphia. I think Maxi's gonna be really good. Um, you know, good scoring guard, excellent shooter. Uh, I, I think Maxi could potentially uh, kind of level up into the number two to Embiid. The question is, will Embiid want to stay for that? Uh, and good news for the kid is he's developed very well every year. So we'll see. But a Dame Maxi backcourt, whoo, that's dangerous. And again, though, that's what I'm saying. It would have to be a three team deal. Again, the trade in my head is like. Philly gets Dame, Clippers get Harden, and the Sixers get, like, Tobias Harris. I don't know if Philly would give up Tobias. And frankly, I don't know if the Clippers would take on his contract. They might. You know, let's say this. The Clippers, I'm sorry, yeah, the Sixers, no, the Clippers get Norman Powell, They probably won't take Jeremy Grant with that contract. I don't know. That seemed like the most likely three teams to be involved. Portland, Philly, the LA Clippers. Because reportedly the Clippers are interested in Harden. Now again, has the Clippers' interest in Harden decreased now that the Clippers signed Westbrook to a two-year deal? And will Westbrook be cool going back to the bench? Because listen, and <laughs> I've made no, no secret about the fact that I am I'm not a Westbrook guy. Um, but I, I'm fine with that deal for, for the Clippers if he plays 20, 25, 30 minutes a night. Like, he's not in your closing lineup. He's not you know, the guy with the ball in his hands with two minutes to go in the game. Now, in the, in the playoffs, they have a choice because Kawhi and Paul George are out, and that's that's why I don't look view the Clippers as contenders whatsoever is because their top two players can't stay healthy. The third best player, I don't trust. So, I don't – and this, it stinks, too, because I really like Ty Lue as a coach. I really like Ty Lue. Patrick, if I'm Philly, the window to win is very small. If the quest is to win a title now, uh, I'm sorry, if the quest is to win a title, now is the time to make a move to give Embiid a legit chance to take them beyond the second round. And again, again, some of that's on Embiid. Like I I have, listen, I had to walk back my thing about Embiid's the best big in basketball. It's kind of hard to make that argument now when Jokic, it's kind of like when we were talking about with, with Golden State last year, where people were just crushing Steph. Ah, Steph can't do that. The second Steph gets a healthy roster, wins the championship. Like the second they get healthy, leads into the championship last year. The second Jokic's roster is healthy. Once he gets back, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., they make moves, bam, they go win the championship and do it pretty easily. Philly's been making moves year after year, especially post Ben Simmons. And I'm not a Harden guy, but man, 3-2 lead in your house against a Boston Celtics team where their best player, Jason Tatum, I forgot what his shooting percentage was. He was like one for his first 14 or something crazy. Let's see. Patrick, if they don't make this deal, Joel is gone after 2024. 
I could see that. And there's been a, there's been rumors. I don't know how how much substance they have, but that Embiid could be interested in going to the Knicks, which and Embiid Bronson duo would be kind of fun in New York. That maybe that's a I don't know, it's a title contender, but it'd certainly be good enough to get to the conference finals. Because I really, I, I, I've really bought into Jalen Brunson uh, after this past year. As listen, Vill, Villanova players are just, just some of the smartest players in the league. Uh, by the way, props to the Knicks on getting Dante DiVincenzo. I really like DiVincenzo. I, I figure we probably wouldn't be able to keep him in Golden State. Uh, obviously, in a perfect world, I would have liked to. But then again, that's another guard. He's a better. I looked at DiVincenzo as a better scorer. Gary Payton the second, but a better scorer and a better shooter. The Golden State's not short on shooting, and they got they're definitely not short on guards. Like that's <laughs> guard play is not Golden State's issue. It's it's trying to find one more wing. Again, please, can I just say this before I get to the Lakers? Um, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Like you're you're my man. I I I, I almost cried tears of joy when you moved Chris Paul. I'm Chris Paul when you moved uh, Jordan Poole for Chris Paul. Like again, moving on from Jordan Poole was good enough. If you'd have traded Jordan Poole for for five dollars, I'd have been five dollars bag of chips and uh, a bench player. I'd I'd have been falling over over backwards, just praising you to death. But the fact that you added Chris Paul, who's now the best six man in the league, props to you. That said, can you please get this Dario Sarge deal done before I lose my mind, please? Okay, three and D. I'm really stretch four, honestly. If you look at his role, he's a 16 guy, excellent three-point shooter, good defender. Like, he fits Golden State perfectly. Please get this Dario Sarge deal done. I mean, it, it was all but a done deal on Friday. Today, we got nothing. If we lose out on Dario Sarge, man, I'm going to be crying, man. That's going to be rough. Anyways, LA Lakers. Probably the most, outside of the Houston Rockets, probably the most active team in free agency. They made seven deals whether it was bringing guys back or bringing guys in. So before I even give my take on it, let's look at some of these deals uh, that the Lakers have done. Create this little graphic here. So Austin Reeves was was kind of the big fish. Austin Reeves and Ruby Hachimura, those were the two guys the Lakers absolutely had to keep in order to retain championship contention. They did. The Reeves deal, you see right there, four years, $56 million, shocked me. Because I was reading reports saying that it was he was going to get offered over $100 million. I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. I like I really like Reeves, but I don't know about... You know, 100 mil, 120 mil. The fact they got him for 56 was a bargain. So props to Rob Palenka on that. So bring it back to Austin Reeves, huge for them. Rui Hachimura was huge as well. 51 mil's a, a little much for three years, but I'm fine with it. If it means bringing him back, it brings bringing him back. Three years, 51, great deal, bringing Rui Hachimura back. I did not love bringing D'Angelo Russell back at all. I didn't. Not just because of how he played in the Western Conference Finals against Denver when he was absolutely abysmal. He was unplayable, basically. But again, I don't think he's necessarily what the Lakers de- need, given that they added the next guy in that list, Gabe Vincent. They added Gabe Vincent. You know, He's a guy who is capable, is capable scorer, a very good three-point shooter, uh, can defend. He certainly was able to do so in Miami. Certainly is a better defender than D'Angelo Russell is. So I didn't see the need in bringing him back, albeit on a two-year deal. Then you have Cam Reddish coming in, which I thought that was a sneaky good deal. A good, you know, a solid wing defender. Is capable of knocking down a three-point shot. That's not really his game. He shoot, he's about a 34 5% three-point shooter. Uh, Jackson Hayes was a solid deal because they needed a backup center to Anthony Davis. Or do they move Hayes into the starting lineup and AD's the power forward? I think AD's more comfortable as a power forward, but if Jackson Hayes is your backup center, then that's a solid deal uh, as well. I really like Jackson uh, Hayes back in the day in the 2019 draft out of, I think he came out of Texas, if I'm not mistaken. And then Tarian Prince, one year, $4.5 million. Again, good. Uh, Three-point shooter, solid defender, like fits the Lakers, what the Lakers want to do perfectly. So 
Thus far, well, I shouldn't say thus far. That's probably all the Lakers, the, all the major moves that they're going to make during free agency, unless there's some kind of trade in there or something. Uh, I would have to give them an A. Not an A+, plus, but an A for free agency, because I'd have given them an A+, plus if they didn't bring back D'Angelo Russell. If you're going to bring back another guard, bring back Dennis Schroeder. That's my thing. Uh, who obviously he ended up with the Toronto Raptors. But, and again, I, I haven't checked Schroeder's deal. I don't know if him and where his deal with Toronto and where Russell's deal with the Lakers, how that kind of lines up in terms of uh, in terms of salary, but we'll see. Way I view the Lakers today, and I, and I was as clear as day after the Western Conference Finals when they got swept by Denver. I said, this is not an offseason to overreact. This is not an offseason to make some big sweeping change unless it meant, of course, moving uh, Anthony Davis for Damian Lillard, a trade that I proposed for two years for the Lakers. I ho- hope they wouldn't make it, obviously. As a Warriors fan, I'd be scared like crazy having to face Damon and LeBron. That'd be, ooh, that'd be no joke. But outside of that, don't make any crazy deals. D- d- don't, don't go after Russell Westbrook. Not saying literally, but going after Russell Westbrook a couple years ago was a franchise-altering deal in a very, very, very negative way. And I called it from the jump last July, a couple Julys ago. Uh, but again, bringing Russell Westbrook was not going to help. Bringing in some, uh, you know, I was hearing reports that they were potentially going to bring in, um, let's get uh, uh, Dylan Brooks. It's like that, that. That does no, 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 no. And you see what Houston paid him. Good lord, run it back again. The Lakers were arguably the best, second best team in the NBA post trade deadline after Plinka made all those deals. Now they brought in Hachimura in January, but again they made the deal for DeAndre Russell, who was solid for them. Uh, Malik Beasley, who's still a free agent. I know my Warriors have been linked to him. I. Again, we're not short on guards, so I prefer us not bring, bring in Malik Beasley. Um, you brought in guys like, uh, uh, shoot, what, what what's his name? Uh, oh, my gosh, I'm blanking right now. I am so blanking right now. Oh, my gosh, I lost it. No, it wasn't. No, Lonnie Walker, that was a, that was a free agent signing. They brought in another player that's escaping my mind right now. I can't remember who it was. Point being... They were able to bring in guys who helped, who was ready to help them win right now with LeBron, with Anthony Davis. Way I view the Lakers today, especially with these moves, do I think they got better in this offseason? I do. Again, they were able to retain their pick, uh, retain their, their key players. Reeves, who's their third best player, and Hachimura, who to me is their fourth best player. Jared Vanderbilt, that's who it was. They brought in Jared Vanderbilt. Um, I, I was like, crap. I knew they brought in somebody else. They brought, it was Jared Vanderbilt who played very well for them. Uh, Today in the Western Conference, as we currently sit here, July 3rd, 2023, I view the Nuggets still as the favorite, albeit they lost Bruce Brown, which I think could prove to be costly. But out of respect for the champs, I'll give the Nuggets a a slight advantage over everybody else. I have the Lakers and the Warriors dead even. Both teams got better in the offseason. I think the Warriors got uh, substantially better. Not saying they're better today than the Lakers, but I think they made a bigger jump than the Lakers simply by moving off Jordan Poole and bringing in Chris Paul. Not to mention Wiggins isn't going to miss two months. Draymond's back in a long-term deal. No bad blood there. And Steph Curry's still the second-best player in all of basketball. I had the Lakers and Warriors dead even. Both, obviously, both are contenders. The only question I have about the Lakers, this is the only question. If this, again, I, I'm about to get to Phoenix later. I have a rule. I said it back in the day with the Brooklyn Nets. when it was KD, Harden, and Kyrie. If I have more questions than answers, if I have more uncertainties than certainties, about a team, I cannot call you a contender. That's not the case of the Lakers. I have one uncertainty, or really two. One's a prerequisite. Is Anthony Davis going to be available? If he's available, 
What's his production going to look like? As I call him Coin Flip Davis, I won't play the video today, but as I call him Coin Flip Davis, he's awesome one game, garbage the next. Awesome one game, garbage, garbage, awesome, 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 terrible. There's no in-between for Anthony Davis. The second question, to me more importantly, because it involves the best player on the team, is LeBron James. What's his health going to look like? Again, LeBron is still great. I still have him, I think, as my fourth best player in all of basketball. He is still spectacular. Would I be shocked if by season's end he's the eighth or ninth best player? No. LeBron, with all due respect, and he's the greatest basketball player to ever live, he's declining. There's nothing wrong with that. The man's in year 21. There's, <laughs> that's not a knock on LeBron that he's not, you know, not to be, uh, no pun intended, the king in year 21. Bron's health and Bron's ability to be great on a night-to-night basis. Now, we know he had the foot injury at the end of last season. Again, if I'm the Lakers, because of some of these moves that you make, because Austin Reeves has proven himself to be a very good scorer, a very efficient scorer, uh, you have Rui Hachimura who can do the same, bringing guys like Gabe Vincent who can do that, Torian Prince, Anthony Davis on a good night, I would very seriously consider load managing LeBron throughout this season. To me, load management is meant for guys like LeBron who are still great but are advanced in age and you want to have them ready to go in the postseason. Will it cost the Lakers home court in the second round? Yeah, who cares? Home court is not near as valuable as it used to be, as we found out time and time again throughout last year's playoffs. So when I look at the Lakers' moves, that's the only two questions. Point, you could argue point guard. I think Vincent's a capable point guard. I think he's fine. I don't, I don't think that's going to be like this, this you know death nail to their title hopes next season. What does AD give you on a night-to-night basis? Is AD healthy? When it matters, which last year he was for the most part, and more importantly, is LeBron healthy? Is LeBron able to be great in a night tonight basis? Again, he is in year 21. Going to be a couple months into the season, age 39. If he's still, again, he doesn't even have to be where I have him now as the fourth best player in the world. If he is still very, very good consistently, and if he's healthy, yes, the Lakers can absolutely win the Western Conference. So if I had to give him, I would give the Lakers an A+, but bring back D'Angelo Russell. I was like, eh, I don't know if I'd have done that. I'd have, I'd have brought back Schroeder before I brought back Russell just because of what he gives you on the defensive end. Uh, and he's play, and he plays well with LeBron. But aside from them, I, I like the moves. Let's see. Uh, a lot of, man, a lot of comments here. Man, I tell you, it's all Lakers. You get a lot of comments. Well, they, okay, there you go. Patrick answered my question. Dennis's contract with Toronto, two years, 26. So that's $11 million less uh, than what D'Lo uh, is, is going to make with the Lakers. Again, I'd have brought back, back Schroeder, but uh, that's just me. Patrick, we didn't go star chasing. Take on bad contracts. Keep the continuity and run it back. Uh, yeah, Patrick Brown, Troy Brown Jr. Yeah, it, 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 Troy Brown Jr. Who, who left, I think, go to Minnesota. Vanderbilt was the other guy I was, I was, uh, I was thinking. Van, I really like the Vanderbilt move. Listen, you can never, there's two things you can never have enough of in the NBA. Shooters and, and wing players. You never have enough of those. Especially in today's NBA. And Vando, he's an okay, he's an okay, he's a capable three-point shooter, but he's a much better defender. Uh, Barry, here we go. I'm not sure what, what that's supposed to mean. Uh, Patrick, Vando is going to be vastly better. I, I don't discount that at all. He's still a relatively young player. Barry, Braun will be fine. Enough wings to have LeBron play 30 minutes max in the regular season. Uh, don't doubt the Kang. Worry about the jinx. See, there. See, I knew there had to be a shot at the Warriors. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I knew that would be a shot at the Warriors. Uh, that's uh, Amenityville load, uh, Warriors loading. That's just... I see uh, Barry, he's, he's twisting this. That that's the, he, he does that better than anybody I've ever seen. It's tw- twisting the narrative, burying the lead and, and taking someone's words and putting them to something that they're not. I did. I've literally just nothing but praise the Lakers for the last 10 minutes. Nothing but praise them. I gave him an a free agency. I still think LeBron is great. If LeBron again, if LeBron's healthy, he's great. Is he healthy? The foot hurt him in the, in the postseason. There's no question about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, my man Devin, he says, mad we lost Lonnie Walker. I I don't think that's a killer. I'd take Tareem Prince over Lonnie Walker with all due respect. Um, I just, I, see, I can't do anything but praise Lonnie Walker after what he did to my Warriors in the second round just in game four. That that one ugh, that one still hurts. Uh, it's, it's just, again, at the end of the day, it's bronze health. If bronze healthy, they are title contenders. There's no question about it. But if bronze out, forget about it. They're they they're the they're the New Orleans Pelicans. That's what they are, or the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, Barry. LOL. I can't help it. You can't. You can't. You, you can't. You can't help yourself. Yeah, I agree with John John Rivera. Lakers are better today than yesterday. Yes, they are. They retained the assets that they absolutely had to retain in Reeves and Rui, and they brought in some pieces again. I the the Vincent deal really caught me off guard. I was like, dang, that's a again. How much did they get him for? Let's see. They got Vincent for three years, thirty-three million. That's a great deal. Now, is it is it a little concerning that Pat Riley was like, "Yeah, I'll let you walk." Sure, but again, I, I think he's still a productive player and an ascending player, which is what the, exactly what the Lakers uh, need. By the way, I like the Warriors getting Corey Joseph. By the way, and again, I'm looking at the real quick Warriors update. Am, am I am I allowed to after talking about the Lakers for twelve minutes? Can I can I talk about the Warriors for like? A minute and a half. Uh, so again, I've I've got the Warriors roster right here. So we've got, I'm counting Gary Payton as a guard, just due to his height, but he's really probably more like a wing. So we've got seven guards if you include uh uh the kid we got out of the draft, four forwards, Draymond Wiggins, Kaminga, and then the kid we drafted who I think is going to be a solid player, Trace Jackson Davis. We've got one big in Kavon Looney. I was wanting to bring in Mason Plumley after we lost out in Brook Lopez. But my man Grady texted me earlier today, and I was like, okay, this is actually a great idea. How about bring back JaVale McGee? JaVale McGee is still a productive center in this league, a good rim protector, as, as dangerous a lob threat as there is in the NBA. Give you a 12 minutes a night. You know, give, give you some help when, when, you know, when Looney goes to the bench. And the beautiful thing is, and again, is, Warriors are not in any way, shape, or form defined by size. That's not the issue. Uh, let's see, Barry, Pat, me and Pat Riley offered three years, 24 mil for Gabe. Okay. So he took more money in LA. I respect that. John, John, uh, Miami wasn't bringing nobody back because they knew about Dane. Yeah. They, they, them, I, I would certainly anticipate they knew more uh, than we did, but yeah, bringing back JaVale McGee, I think it'd be good for goal. Let's say we do that. We're good. Uh, I did see though we lost that in Eric Gordon, and in the moment I was like, "Dang, that's a that's a good veteran, you know, shooter guy who can average, you know, eight to ten points a game." That we lost out on, but again, that would have been eight guards. That's 
There's only, only, so, only so many guards that you can have in the NBA. Shooters, that's one thing, but guards are totally different. Okay, another team in the Western Conference who kind of surprised me in a, in, in a pleasant way, but I still have major questions about them, is the Phoenix Suns. So they made numerous moves. Again, I didn't know they had the cap space, albeit they, they got some guys on, on pretty good bargain deals, but they brought in four kind of impact players to help their roster. The first was Bates Diep, who's like a 23-year-old uh, 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 wing player, solid defender, capable offensive player. Uh, again, just gives them another body, can play both forward spots. That's a nice deal for Phoenix for a team that's, again, we talk about being guard heavy. They got Campaign, they got Devin Booker, they got Bradley Beal. Like they, they, they needed some size, they got that uh, in him. The move that I really liked, again, they got Drew Eubanks as well, which, again, we'll see if that... If he's the starting center, do they move DeAndre Ayton for a point guard? More on that in just a moment. But Eubanks could be their starting big man. Played pretty well for the Blazers uh, last year. The Metu kid, the center, eh, he's fine. I, I, I was never a big fan of his in Sacramento. Okay. Here's the one I really like, though. The Utah Watanabe kid from the Brooklyn Nets. This dude is a knockdown three-point shooter. And what did I just say early in the show? You can never have enough wings and three-point shooters. Wantanabe, we kind of went under the radar, would have gotten more uh, shine, I think, have Katie and Kyrie stayed, and maybe the Nets won a playoff series or something. We'd have talked about him more. This dude is a legit three-point shooter. They also brought in Damian Lee, brought him back. Uh, you know, that's another three-point shooter. Steph's brother-in-law, by the way. They're the opposite of the Lakers, though. I again, I gave the Lakers an A, an a for their free agency, not an A-plus, because they brought back D'Lo. I'll give the Suns a B. Not a B plus. I don't think it was, it, was, it was that productive. I'll give them a B. Here's my issues with Phoenix. The same questions I had a bit them, about them aside from them having a competent bench. Now, they answered that question. Props to them. Health. KD can't stay healthy. Beal can't stay healthy. Uh, you know, Aitons can be physically unreliable at times. And the second thing, they don't have a point guard. Now, I was fine with them moving Chris Paul. Obviously, I'm fine with it now. He's, he's in Golden State. But I didn't think he fit what they, were, what they were trying to do. I think if you're relying on Chris Paul to be like your third best player but behind, obviously, Katie and Book, to be a, a 15 to 20 point per game scorer, to be you know to play 35, 40 minutes, CP can't do that anymore. But he's not that stage of his career where he's capable of doing that. That's why Golden State, that's why Boston, by the way, would have been a good fit for Chris Paul. That's why Golden State's a good fit. Played 20, 20, 25 minutes max. And give you 12, 15 points a game, give you six, seven assists. That Phoenix is not, that's not what Phoenix needed. Now, maybe had they retained him with some of the assets they got, some of the guys they were able to add in free agency, maybe he could have been, you know, a, a solid role player for them. But they made that deal for Bradley Beal. They made their bed. Now they're going to have to lie in it. Defensively, campaign is, uh, listen, I, I like campaign as a, as a nice, you know, role player off the bench. Campaign is not a starting point guard in the NBA. He's not. He's an okay scorer. He's not much of a distributor. Bradley Beal is a horrendous defender who can't stay healthy. Great scorer. Great scorer. But a bad defender who can't stay healthy. Book. Book's gotten better on the defensive end. As to his, I don't think he gets as much credit as he, he probably deserves for how he's improved on the defensive end of the floor. Just as he's sort of, as time has gone on, he's kind of grown to his man body. He's in the prime of his career. Uh, but he's not, nobody's going to mistake him for like a, uh, you know, an Aaron Gordon out there. Kevin Durant. Now, in KD's prime, he was a 
very good defender. I go as far as to say elite defender, particularly rim protector. I remember one year in Golden State when Katie was with the Warriors, he was like top five in blocks. Like Katie was a very, very capable defender. But due to the injuries, due to the Achilles, due to other knee injuries, lower extremity injuries that he suffered, you worry about him and that in the floor. And again, he has played, as I gave the stat the, uh, a couple weeks ago when they made the deal trade, he's played 44% of his games in the last four years. 44%. And again, I expect to get more out of Aiton this year than I did a year ago because the, there's the rift between him and, uh, and uh, oh my gosh, was it Monty Williams, former coach of the Suns, now with the Detroit Pistons. There's a real disconnect between the two. There's real you know issues, particularly in the playoffs last year, a couple of years ago, rather, in Dallas when they played the Mavs. Now that's not a problem. Again, I, I'm more of, I'm a big Monty Williams guy. I think that was more DeAndre Aiton than anybody, but... Now you got Frank Vogel in there. And again, that's something else too. Frank Vogel, what's his calling card? Defense. Like, if I'm not mistaken, I know the Lakers were number one in defense in 2021. They might have been number one defense the year they won the title. That's what he, that's what he does, okay? Uh, that's Defense is his calling card. The Pacers back in the day had great defensive teams when Frank Vogel was there. The problem is, he's a great defensive coach. That hasn't changed. The environment has changed in Phoenix, but more importantly, the personnel is, is very different than what he had in L.A. LeBron is still at that stage of his career when he's 36, 37, was a good defender. AD is a tremendous defender down low. Uh, you had guys like uh, Dennis Schroeder who could defend. Uh, you had plenty of plenty of wing guys for the Lakers that were, Danny Green was a pretty good defender on the championship team, uh, the Lakers that, that won the title. I, I don't see that defensive stopper. Not saying he's got to have like Tony Allen or somebody, but I don't see that guy, if, if he's taking, if you're in the playoffs and you're taking Steph Curry, who the heck's going to guard him? Who's going to Steph? My guess is KD has probably got the best opportunity to stop Steph, or at least make, make things tough on Steph. Lakers can throw numerous bodies at Steph. Nuggets can throw numerous bodies at Steph. Heck, I'm not saying they're going to contend because I don't think they're quite ready yet. OKC can throw a lot of guys at Steph. Lou Dort in particular. Outside of Aiton, who the heck's going to guard Jokic? And Jokic ate Aiton's lunch which he did that to every center. That's not a knock on Aiton, but he did that to every center in the NBA. Who's going to guard LeBron? Who's going to guard AD? Again, I view Denver as the slight favorite and then Golden State and the Lakers as close seconds, dead even. After that, it's kind of a free-for-all, my view, in the Western Conference. Clippers can't trust their two stars to stay healthy. Okay. Okay, see, I think it's going to make the playoffs next year, but they're not quite ready to contend just that. They're still a little young. Phoenix... Like the offseason moves, I'll give them a B for some of their free agent moves, but they don't have a point guard, they can't defend, and they can't stay healthy. Again, more questions than answers. Props to them for some of the moves they made. Again, I, I read a report, you know, Darren Collison might join. He had a good workout with them. I don't trust Darren Collison physically or on the defensive end. So it feels like they're continuously adding the same problem over and over. But I don't know, that that's... They didn't address, and in Boston's another team, by the way, again, different conference, but it's like, Boston, get a freaking point guard, and you're maybe the favorite out east, unless, of course, Miami makes a trade for Dame. I don't know. Phoenix's, Phoenix's strategy in this offseason is weird. Again, I, I think, and not saying they didn't, but I'm always like, what, what, is, your, what is your intention? What is your strategy going into an offseason? How do you plan to get better? I don't feel like Phoenix is better today. I feel like it's a wash. I think their bench is better. I think their role players are a little bit better. But I don't think that, and I like Vogel. I defended Vogel like crazy when he got fired by the Lakers. That was a horrible move by LA. 
You know, I think ask Laker fans, they'll take Frank Vogel over Darvin Ham any day of the week. But they 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 did not improve at head coach. They should have kept Monty Williams and moved DeAndre Ayton for role players. They don't have a point guard, and their best two players, or two of their best three, because Book, I think, is a top 10 player in the league. I don't think Beal's at that stage. Two of their top three players are physically unreliable, and all three are at best questionable on the defensive end. I can't see that team winning the West. I can't. Can they win a playoff series? Sure. I think I think the Suns could win a playoff series depending on the matchup they get. But remember, I get a different roster. The KD, Book, and at the time, CP3 and DeAndre Ayton, man, they, listen, they gentlemen swept the Clippers. I get that. But if you remember that game five, actually forget game five. Let's put game five to the, to the side for a moment. Games three and four. There's no Kawhi. There's no Paul George. And it's taking Book and KD going for 30. In the case of Book, 40 a night just to win those games. Game five, I remember game five vividly. Book was um, on another level. I think Book scored like 47 or something. KD played great. Westbrook, again, no no Paul George, no Kawhi. Westbrook was horrible. Westbrook was excellent in two, three, and four. Awful in one and five. Game five, he was terrible. And towards the end of the game, Westbrook made a layup with two minutes to go to tie the game. That was the moment when I said, they can't beat Denver. The Suns can't. Like, they, they cannot beat the Denver Nuggets. And, of course, Denver, albeit it was six games, but it was the most lopsided six-game series I've ever seen. It really was. So, no, I, I, do, not, I, I, do, not view, I do not view Phoenix still. I view them the same ilk as I did a couple weeks ago when they made the Beal trade. Fourth best team in the West. Denver, Golden State Lakers tied for second, and Phoenix at fourth. Patrick Brown says, it's Devin Booker or bust. He had a strong run until hitting a brick wall against uh, against Denver. Well, he didn't, he didn't. Oh, yeah, you're, no, you're right. Sorry, I, my bad. Hitting a brick wall. No, he was, no, but he was great in the Denver series until game six. Like, I remember there was two games. I think it was games three and four against the Nuggets. The only two games that the Suns won in that series, Booker shot like 77% in one game and 80% in another. So he was, I mean, there was a time where Devin Booker was the best player in the playoffs until, as you said, Patrick, he hit the brick wall. But he says, Lakers will crush the Suns, but assembling this team just to lose in the second round. That, I mean, that's kind of where I see him. And again, it depends on their matchup of the first round. If they draw the Lakers, if they draw Golden State, that that, that could be a that could be a real, real problem. Uh, who, who else I got the West as, as because again, I think only those three, I see them as serious contenders out West, Denver, Golden State, Lakers. Uh, let's see who else at West. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, I don't, I don't listen. Minnesota's Minnesota. They're not going to do anything. Dallas. I'll get to them signing Kyrie in just a moment, but spoiler, I don't see them as contenders. I, I can't, I can't really take the Pelicans seriously. I don't I have no clue what's going on with the Zion Williamson situation. Uh, Utah's rebuilding. Portland's rebuilding. Uh, Houston's made some moves, but they're rebuilding. By the way, can I just, uh, can I get my soapbox for a moment? I was not aware until this weekend that inefficient shooting, that the inability to handle the basketball, an average at best on-ball defender, and a, a guy who is known for poking bears, which he did 
very poorly, as we all know, in the first round. I did not know that that landed you a four-year, $80 million contract. I was not aware of that. I was this weekend. Didn't know that that was like a thing that people did. But I don't know. A little, a little lesson for NBA players in the future. Like, hey, you want you want to secure the bag? Hey, that's the, you, you do that. Clownery. Average defense. Nothing offensively gets you $80 million in the NBA. I, I, I was not aware of that, but now I am. The more you know. Listen, learning is power. It really is. That's all I'll say about that. Okay. Staying in the same state where that deal that I just mentioned was done, let's talk about a different team in Texas, the Dallas Mavericks, who I actually kind of like some of their moves that they made this offseason, adding some bigs. I didn't love them giving up Davis Bertans. Again, what would I say? You can never have enough shooting and wing play or wing players in the NBA. They gave up a shooter in Davis Bertans. Again, didn't have the greatest season last year, but is a solid knockdown three-point shooter. But then again, they moved off a lot of, uh, they moved off his contract off the books, which was kind of a, a liability for them. Be that as it may, they re-signed Kyrie Irving to a three-year, I believe it was $126 million uh, deal. I'm pretty sure it was 126. So for Kyrie, and then more importantly, long-term for Dallas. So for Kyrie, this is best case scenario. Like Kyrie's got to be, if he has any sense of self-awareness at least, has to be beside himself excited. Because given how last season played out, given the, the, the chaos, continued chaos, again, it's year after year after year, it's something different with Kyrie last year. It was the anti-Semitic film and the request to trade out of Brooklyn and not fitting with Luka Doncic going, I think it was 5-11, and 5-11 or 6-11, and 11, I think it was 6 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In games, which he played with Luka Doncic and taking a Mavs team that was fourth in the West in February and moving them to two months later as the 11th seed and failing to qualify for even the play-in tournament. So if for Kyrie, all that happens, I get three years, 126. I am over the moon excited. Now, for the record, and I've always said this about Kyrie, as a Kyrie, uh, as a guy who, who, who calls him out often, he is a fantastic basketball player. He's a 27 points per game guy. Averages 54. Has a shot 50-40-90 before. Uh, he's got the greatest handle I've ever seen in the history of the NBA with respect to Steph, Jay Crossover, and Allen Iverson, who I've got behind him. Uh, and he is the greatest of, among guards. He's the greatest finisher down low among guys that don't, in essence, they can't dunk, don't dunk. Like somebody's just going to throw it, you know, throw it down your head. Kyrie, his layup package is filthy. He, he is a blast to watch play. I love watching Kyrie Irving play basketball. Now, again, he's unreliable in the defensive end, and he's a bad teammate, as, as which has been shown on on numerous occasions. But this is the best case scenario for Kyrie. Good for him on getting his money. For Dallas, and I've said for weeks, they had to do the steal. They didn't have a choice. It, they couldn't, you know, we could talk about Kyrie being a, 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 a toxic guy in the locker room, and he is. Did he hurt Dallas? You better believe it. 
But what are they going to do? Just let them walk and make do the deal that they did in February, giving up guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie and guys like that. Trade for Kyrie. Your season goes in the dumpster, and you let them walk. It's like, wow, we traded for a guy for two months. He destroyed our season, and now he's, he's gone for nothing. You had to bring him back. I am looking at this long-term for Dallas, and I'm saying, man, this could be it for Luka. This could be. Now, for the record, and I said this as soon as the MAP season ended when they failed to make the play-in tournament uh, at the end of the regular season a, a few months ago, Luka also deserves blame for that playoff for that uh, late-season collapse as well. Again, Luka, and I've said this on occasion, I said this after the Mavs lost to my Warriors in the conference finals last year, that I think Luka needs to make certain tweaks and adjustments to his game, similar to the, a guy like Joel Embiid, where, and ask, well, I shouldn't say ask, um, you know, back in the day, the late, great Kobe Bryant once said, I remember he was doing an interview, I think it was him, Tracy McGrady, they were being interviewed by Rachel Nichols. And I'm pretty sure it was that interview. And Kobe was talking about James Harden, and that was when James Harden was in a streak of like, how many, like 30, 30 straight 30-point games or something crazy. Harden was having this ridiculous offensive tear with Houston. And Kobe was saying, like, it looks great in the stat sheet, and it is highly impressive. That style of basketball does not win you championships. And Kobe's like, take it from me. You know, when Shaq left, and I was the only guy in the Lakers, I, I was having to score, you know, I was having streaks of 50-point games in a row, and I had a, what is it, the 60, was it 62, I think it was, in three quarters. Obviously, the infamous 81-point game in 06. Yeah, it looks good in the stat sheet. Yeah, you know, inches it closer to the, the all-time scoring record. It doesn't win you any playoff series. It wasn't until he got Powell and a, and a good another, you know, good host of role players that, oh, he went back-to-back in 09 and 2010. Same thing with Luka. Luka has got to adjust his game. The one-on-one basketball does not work in today's NBA. Matter of fact, I'm not sure it's really ever worked in the modern era. But still, with the Kyrie Irving move, remember, I talked about this on Friday on the free agent show. Remember a couple of years ago when the Mavs lost in Game 7 to the Clippers in the first round, and we had heard reports that Luka had had some issues with Rick Carlisle, and they moved Rick Carlisle, they let him go, and then brought in Jason Kidd? So Luka's been frustrated before. Mark Cuban's in a bad spot where he can, I'm not really sure what deals he can make. Christian Wood's probably going to walk. You brought in some bigs this offseason, props to them. They brought in Seth Curry as well. That's a shooter. I just don't know the number of assets that they have to maybe make a deal for another, another co-star or even other you know good defending role player wings, which Dallas could use more of which they had in Dorian Finney-Smith, and they let him go for Kyrie Irving. I could would not be shocked. Again, we're talking about a three-year deal. I'm not so sure how happy Luka's going to be in year one. Again, I'm not saying Dallas won't make the playoffs. They'll, they'll definitely be in the play-in. I'll, I'll, I'll give Dallas that much respect. Uh, I'm not really sure about Luka and his, his body. He's obviously lost weight this offseason, which he's needed to. Is he going to, to stay committed to that process? That's the question. Let's say Dallas makes the playoffs. They're the seventh seed, and they lose to the Kings or something. Let's say they lose to the Kings in the first round. I think Luka's going to be too happy about that. Knowing Kyrie, knowing Kyrie, I'm just going to go out on a limb. Now that he's got his money, now that he's got long-term security. Oh, we're going to have a Kyrie Irving controversy next year. But believe it. Now, there's no question about it. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Year after year after year after year, it's so always something with Kyrie Irving. 
even if it's injuries. If it's off-court stuff. I mean, Kyrie had the audacity to do what he did the last couple of years with no long-term security. Now he's good. I'm straight. I've got my money. I could be Kyrie. How's Luka going to love that? He's probably going to feel the same way about it as Jason Tatum did and as Kevin Durant did and as LeBron James at the end in Cleveland did. So for three years, are we sure Luka's going to be mad for three years? I'm not. uh, Let me make sure. Luka's contract expires pretty soon, if I'm not mistaken. Let's check Luka Luka Doncic's uh, contract as currently constructed. Uh, So, okay, so a couple years ago, he signed the five-year, $250 million uh, deal. Okay, so he's got a player option in, okay, so four years from now. Player option in four years. So Luka will never hit the open market uh, with Kyrie Irving, we would assume. We sure Luca don't ask for a trade out of Dallas in two years, year and a half, maybe. I'm just saying, I can't imagine Luca was excited when they let go of Jalen Brunson. Now let's not do hindsight 2020. We didn't, I shouldn't say we, not speak for everybody. I certainly didn't know that Jalen Brunson was the type of player he was. Liked him. He's a nice, you know, you know, solid point guard for the Mavs, helped him get to the conference finals. But it wasn't until he joined the Knicks where I was like, Dang, this guy, this guy's like an all-star level player. I'm sure Luca knew that. And Mark Cuban let him walk. And by the way, took a shot at him and his family on the way out the door. He gives up any assets Dallas had for Kyrie Irving. Can't imagine Luke was all too thrilled with that either. Trust you me. The frustration is building in Dallas. They're, they're one of those teams sort of in that middle spot. Like it's the as I call it, sports hell. They're not good enough to contend. They're not, they are not good enough to contend for a championship. They're not bad enough to tank. They've got Luka freaking Doncic. He's got one of the 10 best players in basketball. Not good enough to tank. They're in a rough spot. And Luka, who's, what is he? He came in in 2018, so he's probably 23, 24 years old, so he's really not in his prime yet. And if he takes care of his body, which this offseason looks like he has, so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt in that regard because it looks like he's finally you know, paying attention to that. If Lucas starts moving his prime and Dallas is still kind of stuck in quicksand, we sure he's going to stay long-term? Because I'm not. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how that uh, continues to play out. By the way, Luca is... How old is Luca? He is 24. He's 24 years old. Uh, turned 25 uh, uh, next season in February. I'm telling you, this this spells to me the end for Luka Doncic in Dallas. Uh, let's see. Patrick asks, uh, Memphis, <laughs> Memphis is a parade in Sama City. Grizzlies will finish. Where will they finish? Play-in team or top six in the Western Conference? Well, let's see. Let's think about let's think about top six in the West. So, in no, this is a no order. Nuggets. Lakers, Warriors, I think the Kings could be the two seed next year. I actually think the Kings are going to be pretty solid. Not necessarily a contender, but they'll be solid. They'll be better. Let's see. So, Nuggets, Lakers, Warriors, Kings. OKC. I think OKC is going to make a solid year. And then at that point, I think it's down to the Grizzlies and the Clippers. And I will, I'll give Memphis the advantage. I'll say Grizzlies are one of the top six teams in the West. In fairness to the Grizzlies, and you know you guys know how I feel about them. They were a top six team in the West. Now, 
the issue for them, and I did not get, well, I, I guess I get it from the standpoint of they're a, eh, they're a poorly run organization, but I did not get them in the Marcus Smart deal and the Christos Porzingis deal giving up Tyus Jones. Why on God's green earth would you give up Tyus Jones? He's was at least the best backup point guard in basketball, and he won 72% of your games the last two years when Tyus Jones started and Ja didn't. And you were better defensively and just a tick below where you were offensively. So Tyus Jones, now losing that guy to Memphis, not Tyus Jones, the other guy, losing that, that guy to Memphis, that's, a, that's addition by subtraction. Jobbing out would have been fine had you kept Tyus Jones. But I'll, I'll still say Memphis is a top 16 in the West. They still have Jaron Jackson. Desmond Bain, good Lord, he got paid. And perhaps I like Desmond. I think Desmond Bain's a nice player. I don't know if he's $200 million nice, but he's a nice player. Uh, but I think Memphis will be top six in the West. Patrick, Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison will hold Kyrie accountable. This is his last chance with any team to make it work. I feel for Luka. Can they both find a niche and play together? We shall see. Dallas can't afford to lose Luka. He's the next Maverick great. But this will be the tall tale to see if Luka can handle all the pressures in playing with Kyrie for a full season. I'm not sure, Patrick, there's a whole lot of pressure on Luka as much as there is Kyrie. Not Now, Kyrie, it's a different pressure. Whereas, you know, for the last couple of years, it's, bro, behave or you, you may not get a long-term, not long-term security. Well, Fortunately for Kyrie, he ended up in a situation in Dallas where they didn't have a choice but to pay him. Had he finished the season in Brooklyn, do we think he's getting a three-year deal with the Nets? I I, I don't know that because if Kyrie had stayed, KD would have stayed. And I see them as probably a second-round exit. You probably let Kyrie walk, and you build around Kevin Durant. That's probably what the Nets would have done. But fortunately for Kyrie, he can thank his lucky stars. He ended up with Dallas, who had to pay him. Otherwise, they'd have really been screwed. They've really been on the rocks with Luke in terms of their relationship. Um, so, but I think the pressure is different with Kyrie in this from the standpoint of okay, full season with Luca. When we made the deal for the, the deal for you, when the Mavs made the deal for Kyrie, your season went into the toilet. The year before, again, you were the four seed. Year before, you were also the four seed and got to the Western Conference Finals, beating a sixty-five win Phoenix Suns team in doing so. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think Dallas is a play-in team, and I'll say they sneak in the playoffs. Uh, oh, thank God. Oh, whew. I saw this name. So, Sham Sharani, we got a free agent update real quick, guys, live uh, on Carving It Up. I saw this name flash across my phone. I was like, please, God, don't let him sign with Golden State. He did not. Uh, free agent Malik Beasley has reached an agreement on a one-year deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. So, the reason I didn't want Golden State to, to get him is like, guys, we have too many guards, like, and we've got plenty of shooters. Plenty of shooters. And Malik Beasley is a very, very streaky three-point shooter. Uh, 
So yeah, and according to Shams, uh, Beasley led the NBA in three-pointers made off the bench last season, and he bolsters their two-guard position with a significant opportunity in the rotation. Yeah, I mean, let's see. He's... When I was reading reports that there was the Warriors were considering Malik Beasley, I was like, please don't. And they made the deal with Corey Joseph. I'll take Corey Joseph over Malik, Be- Malik Beasley. So, okay, so he's, he's a Milwaukee Bucks. So there you go. There's another free agent off the table. By the way, free agent still available. Well, actually, let me make sure this one guy's available. Uh, Lonnie Walker. I'm pretty sure Lonnie Walker is still on the market, right? Pretty sure. Oh, no, Lonnie Walker went to the Nets. Okay, so Lonnie Walker went to the Nets. Uh, TJ Warren's still out there. Christian Wood's still out there. My man out of Tennessee, Grant Williams, who'd be a great pickup for somebody, is still out there. Uh, again, I want to reiterate. Mike Dunleavy Jr., please get the Stario Sarge deal done. Please. I'm begging you at this point. Need this guy. Let's see. Kelly Oubre's in the market. Uh, Plumley just got signed recently. Let's see. You got Jamichael Green, Bismarck Biombo. So still some still some quality. I would say of those uh, of that group, Woods the best free agent. Grant Williams number two. Sarge number three. They're all wings, but that's that's kind of how I see it. So listen, what what's a twenty point per game guy? So. We'll see where he ends up going. Last topic of the day. It's actually our only NFL topic. Again, this is kind of, we're nearing the end of the dog days of the NFL offseason. Thank God. Training camp is right around the corner, which is crazy. Uh, this offseason went by pretty quickly, it, 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 it seems like. But I saw this today uh, from, from ESPN. This came out a few days ago. Uh, they ranked the 32 best rosters. So 32 teams in the NFL. They ranked all the rosters in the NFL. So best roster in the NFL, they had the Kansas city chiefs. I don't necessarily agree with that. Even though they're champions, I think a lot of that, most of that has to do with the fact they have the best coach in the NFL, the best quarterback slash player in the NFL and the best tight end in the NFL. Now you have guys like Chris Jones who are great. Like Kansas City's not a bad roster. I'm not trying to bash them, but I don't think they're the premier roster in all football. Like Mahomes makes everybody better. Reed makes everybody better. Uh, and then the worst roster they had is the Arizona Cardinals. I don't disagree with that at all. The Cardinals, I think, are going to be in the running for for Caleb Williams or for Drake May. If you've looked down the list, they had thank I'm I'm glad they had some objectivity for once on the Green Bay Packers. They had the Packers at 23rd. You know, years ago they had the Packers in like the top 10. A lot of that was Aaron Rodgers, but like the Packers have they don't have that good of a roster, folks. They're not going to be that good of a team. Uh, but they had some teams I thought were a bit low. The Ravens at 11, I felt was a little disrespectful. Shouts, my man Devin, the host of the At the Bank podcast here on the grid. I think the Ravens should have been close to the top five. They've got a top 10 quarterback, a top five tight end, one of the better, probably top 10 running backs in J.K. Dobbins, elite offensive line, Zay Flowers. Now, Zay Flowers, we don't know what he's going to be, given that he's a draft pick. He's yet to play snap in the NFL, but he's going to be a really, really good player, especially for what Lamar brings to the table. And they added OBJ. They have Patrick Queen on defense. Like, they have a solid secondary. I, I think Baltimore's going to be, it's, if Baltimore played in just about any other division aside from the AFC North and probably the AFC West, I think I picked the Ravens to win their division. I, I really, really buy into Baltimore this season. Here's, here's the team I saw. I'm going to get so much crap for this, but I don't care. Here's the team I saw where they they were ranked. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. They got the Chiefs at one, the Eagles at two, the Bills at three, which I think is a bit high. I think I'm not, I don't buy into Buffalo at all this season. Dolphins four, Bengals five, 
Dallas Cowboys six. You're kidding, right? You're kidding. Do they top? They have, do they have a top ten quarterback? Yes, I got Dak around eight or nine. Do they have a top three defensive player in all football, Micah Parsons? Yes. Do they have a? I don't know if I'm quite ready to call him top ten, top twelve wide receiver in Ceedee Lamb. Yes. Good offensive line. Aside from that, eh, they're, they're good. You know, Trayvon Diggs is a very good corner. I do not think he is elite. He's not, he is definitely not Jair Alexander, who I think is the second best or second best corner in all of football. Demarcus Lawrence is declining. Their defensive line, they added Mozzie Smith in the draft. They've got a Diggy Zua, who's okay. Linebacking core. It's, it's fine. Van Der Esch is productive, you know. Offensively, Brandon Cook's good, but can't stay healthy, and there's a reason he's been on as many teams as he's been on. There's a reason he's been, he's been passed over by as many great coaches as he has been. Tony Pollard, good, but not sure he's healthy. Tight ends, I like Ferguson. I like Ferguson more than Schultz, but do we view Ferguson as like this This, this is elite tight end? No, we, we, we don't. It's just like, eh, I'm not, I'm kind of mellow on Dallas this year. Do I think they could, they'll win 11 games? Yeah, probably. Cause they have Dak Prescott. They have Micah Parsons. Mike McCarthy's an underrated head coach, but I do not see them in any way. Folks, they had the Cowboys as better than the 49ers. The, they had San Francisco eighth. I think San Francisco is no lower than three. If you had asked me the rankings, I'd probably say, I think Cincinnati's loaded. I'd say Cincinnati number one, probably Philly number two. You know what? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be respectful to, to the champs. Kansas City two, Niners three. Folks, that roster is stacked. The only question we have is the quarterback, Brock Purdy, and he went 8-0 as a starter. Like, I, and I, I, You guys know how I feel about Brock Purdy. I think the kid's really good. Sturdy Purdy. Name the Niners' weakness. Elite at running back. Elite at receiver. Elite at the offensive line. Elite at tight end. Elite in the defensive line. Elite in the linebacking core. Very good in the secondary. Heck, they got a good kicker in the draft out of Michigan to replace Robbie Gold and an elite head coach. And you're telling me the Cowboys are better than San Francisco. The team that beat them the last two years in the playoffs. By the way, some other teams they have below Dallas. The Jets, who have a top three defense and just added a top 10 quarterback with numerous weapons. They have, the, the, this one This one was really uh, confusing to me. They, again, they had the Ravens. I, I think Baltimore's a top five team in the NFL next season. The unfortunate thing for them is they play in the same division with Cincinnati. They've got a, a, a roster that's really good. Detroit, I think Detroit's on par with Dallas in terms of their roster. They've got the Seahawks below Dallas. They've got the Broncos below Dallas. I'm not saying the Steelers are better than Dallas, but I think the Steelers have a darn good roster. I mean, I'm just looking at this, and I'm like, how? It feels like we are once again, it's the offseason tradition. We do it every year. We are once again anointing the Cowboys to a position that they simply do not belong in. We are viewing them in the same ilk, the same class, the same tier as we view teams at a minimum 
got to a conference championship game. Again, the teams that are below above Dallas. Kansas City has won two of the last four Super Bowls. Philly just went to the last one and retained most of their important players. Buffalo got to an AFC championship game a few years ago. Now, Miami, you have questions about Miami. I think Miami is a really good roster. Two is my only concern. If you want to make an argument about Miami, Dallas, Miami, I won't fight you on it. Bengals, AFC title game last year, Super Bowl the year before that, then Dallas, who's over the Niners, who have been to three of the last four NFC title games and a Super Bowl. The Ravens, who have playoff wins on their resume, I mean, it, it's it's I don't I'm I'm struggling to compute what this where they're where they're looking at. Again, some of their some of their rankings I think is questionable. Again, I I think I think Buffalo's a bit too high. I think Jets are a little too low. Um, I've seen I think the Rams are really low. The Rams do not have the second worst roster in the NFL. That's that's a that's a bit much. But having Dallas at six, like what? I'm 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 struggling, guys. Help help me out. Got a Cowboy fan, Patrick Brown. He says I don't pay attention to these NFL rankings. Niners should have been ranked higher than eighth. San Francisco should have been the top four over Miami. Absolutely. And this is this is not just coming from a guy who like I'm I'm like just this this big Niners lover. But guys, I mean that the San Francisco is literally better than Dallas at every single position other than quarterback, and I really like Brock Purdy. They're unquestionably better at running back. Well, I like Tony Pollard a lot. He is not Christian McCaffrey. They are better at tight end by a mile. Ferguson's nice. He dang sure ain't George Kittle. CeeDee Lamb is really good. I Just due to availability, I guess I'd take him over Debo. I guess. Although I kind of wince when I say that. But Ayuk is better than anybody else Dallas has aside from CeeDee Lamb. Ayuk's a 1,000-yard receiver. Jawan Jennings is a great slot receiver and a possession guy in the red zone. Offensive line, San Francisco is absolutely better than the offensive line. Defensive line, they're better. Now, I will take long-term Micah Parsons because I think he's more versatile. He's not quite as good of a pass rusher as Nick Bosa, but I'll take him you know, from a versatility standpoint, what he can do on the defensive side of the ball over Nick Bosa. Aside from that, Niners are better on the defensive line, unquestionably. They're better by a mile in the linebacking core. And while the secondary's tight, I'll take San Francisco. In large part because I really like the kid who funga they have in the secondary. You guys know I really like that kid. He's a really good player. Kicker. Who's who's Dallas's kicker? And people laugh at that, but you know, how do you think the Ravens like Justin Tucker? How do you think the Patriots liked Adam Vinatieri for all those Super Bowls? And coach, while I like McCarthy, again, you notice notice the words I'm using for Dallas and the words I'm using for San Francisco. Like with Dallas, love with the Niners. I, I just I I I, oh, I can't do it with these with these rankings. I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of with you, Patrick. I this, uh, some of these rankings are confusing. They have, by the way, they had the Browns in the top nine. I I don't know. They have a good. They have a really good roster. I don't know if it's a great one. I don't know if it's top ten. Patrick Kyle Shanahan is one of the best young offensive minds in football. For them to be ranked eighth is blasphemous. It is indeed. They have the Chargers at seventh. I, I'm not. I'm not really mad at Dallas being ranked over the Chargers. I'm. I, I'm not. So Chargers blew it. Uh, they're so good they blew a 27 point lead in a playoff game in the second half. Now some of that is their their doofus coach Brandon Staley. That doofus is a bit strong. Uh, oh, in over his head coach Brandon Staley. Uh, and now they now they just got worse at offensive coordinator with Kellen Moore. Uh, yeah, you 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 tell me, you tell me. But that was I saw that I saw Dallas at six. I'm like how. 
I'm, I'm, listen, I, I've watched football for, for quite a long time. Not as many as, as, as some folks, but you know, it makes you, makes you question certain, certain things like, huh? Anyways, cannot wait for football though. All that say, let's say we're, it's July 3rd. So we got a month and four days until the NFL season starts. Can't, no, t- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. Got excited for there for a minute. Two months and four days until the NFL season begins in Kansas City with the Lions and the Chiefs. It's going to be it's gonna be fun. You guys know how I feel about Detroit. I think Detroit's going to the NFC title game. I really do. I really do. In Kansas City, we know they'll be amongst the contenders, obviously, in the AFC. So two, 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 two solid games to start the season. All right. That is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by. As always, be sure to catch Carving It Up live on Thursday at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grid Network YouTube channel. And be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day and hit that big red subscribe button. It helps the channel grow exponentially. And be sure to go subscribe to the Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Podcast Network here on YouTube, and any and everywhere you get your favorite podcast, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, any and everywhere you get your favorite podcast. NBA Free Agency is, is off the chains right now. Again, I read that report earlier in the show that from that reporter in Portland saying that trade talks between the Heat and uh, and Blazers could last weeks. I'm not getting my hopes up, but maybe, maybe it happens a little sooner than that. Maybe by, I don't know, Thursday's show. That that could be, that could be uh, kind of fun to see what that happens, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll, so we'll monitor the Dame situation and other free agent moves uh, that we assume will happen in the next few days. So we'll see on Thursday, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time, Twitter, carving it up, YouTube channel, Grid Network YouTube channel. Hope everybody has a great week. Please continue to stay safe out there. Please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health. And please, please be sure to contact your local state representatives and senators to demand change for gun violence in America. Have a great week, y'all. See you on Thursday. Safe, safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. And guess what happened yesterday? Yankees lose. (laughs) Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.